if you can count it, great. But if you can't, that's okay. Just encourage people to go do it. Don't encourage them to not yes. do it or don't not encourage them to do anything because you can't count it. Uh, go get them to go serve and do And maybe they're going to go serve in an organization that you don't like, but they do. And that's going to be okay. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, joined by my co-host, Aaron Magnuson. And today we are talking about decentralized church. Aaron, I'm excited to have this conversation today. I'm excited as well. Uh, and I know that there are at least a few listeners, if not the majority of the listeners going, what What did you just say? And I think it's only fair uh, to give credit. Well, first of all, I want to hear who you think is the first person to have coined the phrase decentralized church. Uh, For me, I think it's the first person I've heard say that is Jay Cranda, one of the former uh, co-hosts of this show. And I think it's important to give credit where credit is due as much as we don't like to give it to a Laker fan. Um, I think we have to. Period. Um, Jay Cranda. Uh, and so Nils, maybe uh, before we dive into decentralized church, because I think that it's been around, the idea has been around long enough where there's some nuanced ideas about it, where when Jay says it and when you say it, and probably when even I say it, there's di- what we're meaning different things, same ballpark, but maybe different things. So yes. let's start with giving Jay Crandon the honor. What year was it that you heard him say it? And what was Jay referring to back when he said decentralized church? Honestly, I have no idea. Jay, Jay is so smart. He'll talk about things. And I'm like, I have no idea what he just said, but it until three years later. And cause he's just thinking that much yeah. further ahead uh, than, than the rest of us. And so I do remember him saying it. I remember thinking that sounds really good. Um, and so cool. Hopefully he'll figure that out. Cause I have no idea what he's talking about. And, uh, and I feel confident that what we're going to repeat is probably what he said three years ago. Yes. Um, but it just now is clicking for me. Yep. And so I'm, I'm just catching up to Jay's really smart brain is what's there up. you go. We, we all are. Uh, and Jay is playing a lot of chess. I just saw he reached a new level when we were recording this podcast, <laughs> he tweeted about it and I, I don't know anybody else in my life who plays chess. So Jay's playing like Dungeons and Dragons. He's like, <laughs> whatever is next level beyond chess. Uh, <laughs> whatever that uh, we, uh, we need to get Jay back on here to defend himself, but I'm sure we will all be playing chess if nothing else, because Jay Cranda did it uh, three years from now. Anyways, decentralized church Nils, do you want to open the door to yeah. this discussion? I think that's only fair because you have given, I've felt it and I'm sure you felt it as well. You actually put words to it. So it's only uh, right that you open the door and then we'll all jump in together. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, decentralized is the opposite of centralized. And, and this is a, a term that has become popular because of Bitcoin has become popular, which is based on blockchain technology, which is based on this, you know, kind of technology infrastructure that moves from a centralized servers to decentralized servers or decentralized computing systems, uh, which means it's not, everything's not stored in one place, it's stored at all places um, and cannot be controlled by one organization or one thing or one person. Yes. It is essentially the, the system of letting go of control. 
And so when you decentralize things, you are in many ways losing control, but it doesn't mean you are leaving everything in chaos either. Um, and so the way, the way I think that this translates to the church organizationally is, is churches have centralized it. And I have led in a centralized way. And, and I, I was uh, the online pastor, the innovation pastor at Community Bible Church. And I was also in charge of multi-sites. Multi-sites were built on a centralized system, yep. which meant we we're going to have one broadcast campus, one finance, you know, CFO, one central organizations that made organizational decisions. And then we would have a central location and then a distributed, you know, experience and yep. certain things would then be distributed in different ways, but typically in a very uniform way. And it all came back to centralized systems. And, and so decentralized essentially means, you know, like you're going to do that, but it's all going to be connected, but disconnected. And so it sounds confusing. It sounds uh, chaotic, uh, but but what I think, where I think this translates, and where, and where I think we see this for church, is that there's value in, in centralization. Uh, there's value in systems. There's and, and you see this in in organizations like McDonald's that that have very systematic. Okay, we're going to reproduce ourselves, and you follow central office. Or my brother-in-law runs a Chick Fil A. Chick-fil-A does a great job running a centralized organization. Now they're in the United States. And part of why they cannot go beyond that is because their systems cannot scale beyond the United States uh, because they're centralized. And so when you decentralized, and this is why even Bitcoin, cryptocurrency has the ability to grow so fast, it allows for, for speed of growth because there isn't so much control or process that has to happen. And, and so what this looks like, uh, coming back to the church, I just said that a minute ago, and now I'm just now bringing it back. Yes. It is, it is basically, you, you are going to have connection, but you're going to be distributed in a unique and different way uh, without the central oversight right. of church. Now, I don't think that can really function holistically. I think that can function in aspects. So I think it's, you have what is centralized and what becomes decentralized. And I think that becomes then the question. And, and this is where you would often have centralized sermons where there would be one person's sermon preached. And then that got preached at all the other locations where now it's like, you know, we're going to have just different preachers. We're going to have different churches um, and we're just going to just centralize finance, but everything else is going to be decentralized. Yes. Or I- we're going to centralize our, our theology everything else will be decentralized. Yes. And you find denominations and you find schools yes. of thought and right. And, and, and that is central. If you want to understand centralized Christianity through the church, uh, look at the Western church. I'm, this doesn't happen often Nils. Uh, and I have a feeling it's going to happen more and more. Um, as we, uh, continue to talk about more things, but I, and I don't know that I'd be saying this if I hadn't watched this documentary, yeah. Uh, it is called, uh, have you had a chance to watch it? You know what I'm going to, oh, what no, I'm going to no, ask. So I sent it, it's on YouTube. Watch. I sent it to Nils. Uh, I think I've sent it to at least five people since I've discovered it. It's a two hour, uh, documentary called, uh, lamb sheep among wolves is what it's called sheep among wolves. And it is about uh, what's happening in Iran. And you, you just now made the comment that you don't think complete decentralization, 
uh, works. I think what's happening in Iran is complete decentralization yeah. and it is working. Um, but I think uh, where your statement is true, we are primarily talking to westernized Christian leaders who are trying to amplify their ministry on social media and digitally. And I think taking a step from complete centralization to no centralization would would be setting lots of people, mostly affecting our congregants, uh, up for failure. And so I do agree we should not move to complete decentralization straight away. Uh, but if you haven't watched that, uh, reach out to us. Uh, I'll send you the link, uh, or you can just uh, Google it, um, YouTube it. It's the it's it's the volume two. So they have two iterations. They've done a newer one that's come out. It's very cinematic. It's like you're watching a movie. It's incredible how God is moving through individuals coming together and forming these house churches because the reality is they can't do church how we do it here in the United States. But I do think we need to learn from the amount of times, Nils, that they said decentralized in this uh, documentary, decentralized church and decentralized discipleship, all of that uh, blew my mind. And I had shown Megan, my wife, uh, some of the things, some of the conversations that you and I have been having, Nils, and she turned to me when they kept saying decentralized church. Um, and I don't think we're geniuses, I think, uh, or and I don't think Nils or even Jay saying this three years ago are geniuses. I think that there's certain trends that happen, and we try to bring those to light in an understandable way so that as we lead our churches, we're not behind, but we're at the very least maybe a couple steps behind or at least right on par with where God is moving. So all this to be said, I think that how the world is functioning. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, Nils. I just feel like the reason that it seems to be becoming increasingly difficult to start small groups and have people run curriculums and have people sign up for this and do that is because our world is trending in a direction because of the digital age where most things in their lives are decentralized and they are, um, functioning in a way where they're pulling things into their life, but they're pulling it in when they want it, where they want it, how they want it and how they want it to fit in their lives. And it's the content is still there, but they're doing it in their own way. And while that works, uh, while that doesn't work with some of the gospel, uh, how Christianity plays out in our lives and in the context of our lives doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily one size fits all, which as we're discovering is how our churches continue to try to do this. And one of the first things to go as far as centralization goes is not everybody can attend a Sunday 10 o'clock service. They just can't do that in, in, in that one church building. Uh, and so a, a small form of decentralization is just online church in general uh, in different service times. Even what Life Church did, having multiple services on, on the hour, every hour, uh, multiple days. I know you were doing this at CBC. That's almost the first form of decentralization where it's like, no, we don't have to all do this at this time on Sunday. Um, but yeah, as we kind of expand it, we're, what we're talking about is much more decentralization than that. Do you kind of want to, uh, pick up in one of those many directions mills on how decentralization can start happening? Yeah, I think in some ways it's, it's looking at what, what are you controlling that maybe you're limiting growth or you're limiting impact because of the need to count it? Or yes. because of your need or, or perceived need to to control the, the message being communicated. And I, I think in many ways we lose control regardless, but yes. yet we try to hold on to as much control as we can have. And when we do that, we we really limit the impact that's possible. Totally. And, and I think sometimes we 
we we let things get, get out of control unnecessarily too. And I think this can yes. swing both ways. But but I really think that in this push for centralized church structure that is scalable because it's it's systematized and uh, so there is there is a level of centralization that uh, that allows for scale, uh, which I think yes. is very beneficial and very helpful. Yes. Uh, but I also think there's an aspect of of centralization that limits growth and impact and scale uh, from a, because of control. Yes. And, and so so this is where I think in in some ways it's looking at do we need to control this? And and so the two areas, Aaron, that I that I've shared is is that I think churches can begin to decentralized is around groups and around uh, missions work or outreach. Yes. And, and so this is, this is in many ways, I, I think a church wants everybody's volunteer time to often funnel through the church uh, rather than just go directly into your local com- com- community and serve. And we don't know how much you're serving, but just go do it. If you can count it, great. But if you right. can't, that's okay. Just encourage people to go do it. Don't encourage them to not yes. do it or don't not encourage them to do anything because you can't count it. Uh, go get them to go serve and do, and maybe they're going to go serve in an organization that you don't like what they do. And right. that's going to be okay. And, and I think then in groups, people are like, we've got to, we're used to Sunday school and they did it in our building and we could count heads. And if we can't count heads, then it really didn't happen uh, often in our minds. And, and so I, I think being concerned that people are going to gather and maybe teach a Bible study and have bad theology, that's already happening. You know, let me be yes. clear. That's already happening, whether you centralize it or not. And so I, I hate think- to break it to you. <laughs> that is all that is. Yes. All right. And by the way, that before decentralized this, this terminology that we're throwing around that you might be really scared of the D word that we're starting to throw yeah. around. This was happening 10 years ago when Nils was an online pastor sitting in my seat at, at a wonderful church in Texas, this was happening guys. Yeah. So this is not a new, this is not a new thing. Yes. So, so here's, here's the really push that I see is, if instead of spending all the time on infrastructure and control, yes. what if we spent, so the thing about groups, we all the time uh, of all the infrastructure and control, we just focused on coaching people. Here's yes. how you start a group. Here are the resources you need to help you better, better lead groups. Um, and, and here's how you promote your growth group and grow your group. And we're going to just collectively keep coaching you on how to do groups well. And if you report back, great. But if you don't, we're, we're going to just assume that we have done everything we can to help you go and do life in a small group community yes. as possible. We don't necessarily have to control every aspect of the group gathering and promote it and count it and know everybody's name. If yes. we can get that data, great. But but if we can't, it should still be happening. And let's let's make sure it's happening rather than not do it because we can't control it or because we can't count it. And that's where I really feel like decentralization comes in. And so I think in, in yes. serving outside of the, the church, you know, yep. the body uh, internally and in gathering from a, a, a Bible study discipleship standpoint, I think those things can happen in, in a very decentralized way. I think organized worship gatherings, I think can be more centralized. Uh, I think business systems should probably be more centralized. I think those create more um, 
cr create more just uh, accountability, efficiency maybe? and accountability. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, that's really what I'm seeing today is, yeah. is, is let's look for opportunities that, that decentralization can add value. Uh, let's maybe we're over controlling uh, our experiences yeah. for the sake of centralization. And, and, and what's scary, and you said it multiple times, and, I, and, and if you're a church leader, I hope that you're still with us, and I hope that you're actually listening to this. You said it multiple times, Nils, and I, it is so true. It is, sadly, it is, it's seemingly the root of our motivation is not even life change and that this would add value to them. It's yes. for the count. It's for the count. Yes. Um, and the minute you take away control and almost the synonym to that is take away count. We, yes. we lose our minds because we can't justify it on the books, meaning we can't justify spending money on it, meaning we can't justify uh, all of these things and worse. So that's one way to look at it. The converse is we look at different numbers to justify it so that we feel good about spending money and it might be the wrong thing to spend money on. And we're not, we're not out here to judge all of the churches who are working on a centralized model um, or to demonize this idea of a centralized model. It's more to just be aware. Um, it's never been easier to look at data and to look at numbers uh, and and if that's all you're looking at, you can make numbers say, I love the phrase. Um, I think that ESPN had a whole show on it. Numbers never lie. Uh, and I'm a math guy. I was going to be a math major for a while. Numbers always lie. And you can, because you're the ones, uh, because generally when they're in your hands, uh, you make numbers say what you want. Uh, and so you can make numbers lie very easily. Um, and so I think what the decentralized model promotes is a, a, a harsh, look or maybe a sobering look at why are we doing what we're doing and more importantly how has god equipped our church and what work has he equipped our church for that we don't need to control but that he's clearly equipped us for that we know that this is wise to spend money on let's stop measuring it let's put it in the hands of the people um who are ultimately going to reach their neighborhoods we did a whole podcast on next door, um, who are going to reach these neighborhoods, who are going to impact these lives, who don't know Jesus. And they're going to be able to, and this is ultimately what the decentralized church leads to. It leads to, um, exponential global scale versus the centralized model, which Nils you've referred to as, um, a controlled scale. Um, and I, I just think that because of technology and because of podcasts like this, uh, we're clearly in an age that is global. And so yeah. our strategies must reflect lot or be um, available for people to use in multiple uh, cultures, in multiple languages, in multiple, just <laughs> the gospel is not going to fit how our centralized church says it should fit everywhere. Uh, and I just think we're moving into a world where, where if more churches, particularly churches that are interested in utilizing the internet, you have to be thinking about global exponential scale. Um, you can't be thinking about how can we control every part of this and also expect to scale as those two things just will never hold hands. Uh, they have less of a chance of holding hands today than they did even 10 years ago. Uh, it's just not two things that go together. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating day. And, and I think we're, we're, we're kind of throwing this out there. Uh, yep. We're wrestling with this. This yep. is a conversation you and I are having offline and, and we've been having. And that we're having with now. others. There's church leaders. Yeah. I know Nils, you're talking to that, that are like, man, what, what does 
community look like? What does groups look like? What does discipleship look like? Uh, And we all are kind of, I shouldn't say all, a a lot of the thought leaders in this space are wrestling with, well, it doesn't look like what it did before. I don't necessarily know that we know, but I think decentralization is the key moving forward, whatever that unlocks. Interesting. Interesting. So we'll see. This is something we're going to keep tabs on. Uh, We want, you know, this has been a podcast that DJ Chuang started, you know, um, probably nine years ago, 10 years ago now, that that really was a conversation with church leaders about social media. And, you know, I, I, I was privileged to be the second guest uh, on the podcast, uh, second to Kenny Jang. And, and, and there was a handful of us that were just kind of like, can we do church on the Internet? And it was so crazy back then. And, and I think this is a topic of decentralization and centralization of is this English? You know, like, does this make sense? And and I think uh, this is a conversation we might look back on and probably giggle uh, in in a couple of years of we were kind of thinking, right, but but it really it was it was a very different direction. But but I I, I, what what we want this conversation to be is is just a nudge of our think try to begin thinking central centralized and decentralized. And and those those are terms that that you're going to keep hearing more and more and think about how you're leading your ministry. And what should yep. you centralize and what should you decentralize or what maybe yeah. are you, are, are you not having uh, as the, the effectiveness that you could have if you were to move in a more decentralized direction. And so I think in the past, a perceived decentralized direction was a, was a perceived unorganized, disorganized, uh, um, yes, messy. And, and that, and I think we're kind of almost pushing towards, um, you know, maybe are there some areas that, that you should push in that direction? So we just want to stir this thought. Uh, yeah. This, this isn't a, every church needs to go in this direction. Right. Uh, we, we want this podcast to challenge you to, to make you rethink um, why you do what you do, how you do yeah. what you do. And, and let's, let's just become more effective together. Aaron, any final thoughts as we wrap up? Yeah, I just think one of the things that really uh, helped me understand decentralized as it pertains to the church is it's really the equipping of the saints. Um, And it's taking something that we have had complete control for the sake of uniformity and being able to measure at the expense of giving it to people who can run with it. Even if it doesn't, even if they're not running in the direction or even in the way, maybe they're not even running, they're riding a bike uh, or driving a car, they're doing it differently than how we even envisioned it. And that's not wrong or bad uh, because it takes all of us to deliver the gospel. It takes people in China, it takes people in Hong Kong, people in Australia, Russia, it takes people all over the globe who are doing it in their different contexts uh, to get there. There's nothing that I'm going to produce or think up that's going to be able to deliver the gospel to all of those areas in the way that I thought it was going to get there. Mm. Um, And so I think on a smaller scale, uh, maybe you're not thinking about reaching the world. You're just thinking about reaching your state or your city. Well, there's different people groups there and different people do things in different ways and they have different schedules. And so if you can think of your church's resources as a way to equip the saints to do the work they need to do and become more of a storehouse of resources that is equipping them to go out and be what you want them to be because you care about them more than you care about the ability to count. uh, That would be my final thought. And that's what kind of put it over the edge for me of like, Oh, this is what decentralized is. It's equipping people to go do it instead of um, building up our uh, organization to handle all of it. Yeah. 
so good, man. So good. Thanks, Aaron, uh, for this thoughts. Thanks for yeah. bringing this conversation to the podcast. Let's, let's give thanks to Jay Cranda. Thank you, Jay. You know what? Thank you, Jay. We love you, Jay. <laughs> At Jay Cranda on all social media channels. JayCranda.com. Seriously, JayCranda.com. That's got to go in the show notes too. Uh, because that, if if you are thinking about online church or future church, man, uh, you need to be reading Jay Cranda. He's putting out more and more videos, eh? Jay is on great, it. Great content. Great content. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you go to socialmedia.church. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you haven't done that. Uh, we give this away, and all we ask is for the price of a rating or a review, uh, wherever it is that you're listening. That would help this podcast reach more people, serve more churches, uh, and help push the church forward to lean into uh, these opportunities we have today on social media to further our goals and to accomplish our mission. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you again on the next episode.